So I'm going to talk to you today about um, business a little bit. And uh, one of the things I want to talk about is relating to this uh, bit here, which is, um, I don't know if you guys ever really thought about this um, or look into this, but there, some of the musicians that we have out there in the world are unbelievably wealthy. Uh, and one of them, like, just recently passed away. I don't know if you guys are aware of who that is. Um, but you can see here in the, the top, I, know, I don't know how accurate this particular list is because like every list is different. But I will tell you this, that Jimmy Buffett here at a billion dollars worth a billion dollars is on every single list. Um, and the only people that are above him are like Paul McCartney and Rihanna. And now I'm surprised that on this particular list, like uh, Taylor Swift isn't there or Beyonce, I bet you they're up there too. But, uh, but Jimmy Buffett passed away this past week, uh, last Friday actually. Um, and uh, this is Jimmy Buffett, in case you don't know who he is. Um, I am a huge fan of Jimmy Buffett. I've been a Jimmy Buffett fan for years and years. And um, he's an extraordinary character. And the thing I really love about Jimmy Buffett, compared to most of the other musicians on that list and other lists that I see, is um, because he became not just an amazing musician, making some really, really adorable, cute songs along the way from Margaritaville, you know, Cheeseburger in Paradise, all the songs that you kind of know uh, like that. Um, I don't know if you ever been to one of his concerts, but I went to several of his concerts and he put on quite an interesting show, um, you know, for, for those of you who are what they call parrot heads, um, you know, and, but the thing that really separated him from almost all the other performers out there and why he's worked with worth, unfortunately, in passing, a billion dollars is because he was a brilliant businessman. And here's someone like Paul McCartney. How many hits has this guy had in like the top 10? Probably dozens, right? Between the Beatles and his own, you know, and Wings and his own recordings. He's probably had multiple top 10 hits. But how many top 10 hits did Jimmy Buffett have? How many do you think? One. Only Margaritaville was a top 10 hit. Cheeseburger in Paradise was, a, was like in the top 50 or something. And he's a few others like Changes in Latitude. But only that, he's, so think about this. Here's a guy who only has had one top 10 hit, but he's worth a billion dollars. How is that? And that is, if you don't know his entrepreneurial ways, what he did over the years is he, like, and this is brilliant, because I was just reading about this. I didn't realize how he's accumulated all this wealth. But what he did was, uh, when, when Margaritaville and Cheeseburger in Paradise came out a bunch of years ago, he started finding out that people were making like Margaritaville drinks and Cheeseburger in Paradise cheeseburgers. And he's like, huh, you know, I didn't realize I had such an interesting twist to my music. Like it's actually other, like it's not just affecting music, it's actually affecting other industries. So he said uh, back like 20 or 30 years ago, he said, aside from just having my lovely songs and having fun concerts, I'm gonna brand, I'm gonna trademark Margaritaville. I'm gonna trademark Cheeseburger in Paradise. I'm gonna make them mine. 
And then he had the idea, well, if Margaritaville is a brand, why don't I make something out of that? So he started making restaurants and then bars out of Margaritaville. And he said, I'm going to make a special menu with cheeseburger in paradise and other kinds of, you know, tropical kind of things. He started making uh, his own clothing line. And then he developed uh, hotels, uh, cruise lines, um, resorts, uh, cruise ships. Um, what's the latest adventure? Oh, yeah, Retirement Village. We were, I was speaking in, at Palmer, uh, Florida um, a couple years ago, and uh, we're driving down and I'm seeing Margaritaville is, a, is his new, it's called Latitudes, is his new um, you know, venture in retirement communities. I'm like, holy cow, this guy took essentially a song and took it and turned it into a industry. And even though he passed away, and I'm super sad about that, and yesterday I'll talk, talk about what we did in the office um, to celebrate his, his life. This guy took a song, an idea, and turned it into a billion dollars. That is brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. That took a lot of marketing genius. So the guy isn't just a genius songwriter and singer. He's, he's, a, he's a genius in how he was able to take his particular brand and market it into something else. And that is what I want to talk about with you guys is, and I mentioned this today in lab, we have something very, very, very special and unique that we work on, but not a lot of people do that, which is why so many chiropractors struggle. And the reason chiropractors struggle is because they focus on the back. They focus on the spine. They say, I'm a back doctor, I'm a spine doctor, I'll make your back and spine feel better. That is not what chiropractic's special and unique talent and brand is. Our unique talent and brand, and I showed it to you last week from Dee Dee Palmer, our unique talent and brand is founded on tone. We work on the tone of the nerve system. We tune up the nerve system. That's really what we do. That should be our focus. The most successful practices I know of all the friends and colleagues that I know, the most successful practices are brain-based practices, are practices that are focused on making sure we're really telling people what chiropractic is, what it isn't, and the way we develop a long-term care plan, like I showed you guys last week, not because we're trying to sell something, but the way we develop a long-term care plan is we introduce them to their own neurology through the thing like a neuroscan, like I showed you last week from Dr. Krista Burns and her American Posture Institute. We introduce you guys to this thing, and now you show this to your patients, and your patients now see when they come to see you, they, they are learning that you are affecting their neurology. You're not just affecting their bones and their back. Because as I mentioned in lab, like, Dent, the number one thing in dentistry right now is cosmetic dentistry. And why is that? Because it's right here, it's right there. Everybody wants a pretty smile. So that's why people are getting adult braces, that's why people are getting their teeth whitened, that's why it is the number one most sought after dental side of, you know, specialty is, is this cosmetic dentistry. It's amazing because, and, here, and you know how that happened? Do you, got, you probably don't remember this, but when I was a kid, was dentistry like a super top profession that people went into? You may not remember this. In the 1960s, dentist was not a top profession. 
When I remember going to my first dental office, it was down the road from, I, I, I used to live in Long Island, New York, so it's down the road from where I used to live, and this dental office was like this shabby office, and he had these like gross tools and stuff that he used to put in some sort of, they used to call it autoclave, this, this thing that was almost like a microwave that would heat up the tools, and they would take them out, and then he'd pick out your teeth and whatever, and that's when, you know, he would give you a, a piece of gum as a reward, and that was, that, and, and it was this gross office, and it was a gross profession, and there was nothing, and you know who got braces back when I was a kid? Nobody. You got braces if there was a really significant overbite or big teeth problem. Otherwise, nobody was getting braces. And who was putting braces on teeth? The regular dentist. There was no specialization. There was no cosmetic this. And the, you had the dental surgeons who maybe would pull a tooth and do a root canal, but you, you only had like two professions. You had dentistry and you had... Uh, you know, the medical dentistry, which is like emergency, you know, root canals and those kind of things. Back in the 1950s and 1960s, the dental profession got together. Listen to this. This is really important for history. The dental profession got together in several meetings and said, our image stinks. We better change it. Let's make a plan on creating dentistry to be a different profession. So that in the year 2000 or so, it'll be a whole different profession. So they had a 50, 50, 50 year plan. And their 50 year plan was, we're gonna change what people think about dentistry. We're gonna make it into an elite profession. We're gonna make it into these real amazing subspecialties. Because there are some people doing braces, let's get people, more people doing braces. We're, some people want like teeth whitening, so we're gonna have more of that. So some people just wanna do root canals, we're gonna make somebody just doing root canals. Some people wanna just do crowns, we're gonna make just doing crowns. Just, just dentures, just do a dentist. So we're gonna, we're gonna separate everything, we're gonna specialize and that's going to create an elite profession. Guess what? That's what we should be doing as chiropractors. That's why pediatric chiropractic, to me, pediatric chiropractic is the way to go. For me, and maybe for you guys, it's the way to go because pediatric chiropractic is a specialization. Doesn't mean you know, like people will say, do you take care of adults? Sure, I take care of adults. But most of the adults I take care of are the, the parents of the kids that I take care of, right? So, but that specialty, and whether it's, functional neurology or it's pediatrics or it's sports or whatever, geriatrics, whatever specialty you want, that is the way to really brand yourself. To be a little bit of everything to everybody. Yeah, I take care of kids and I take care of pregnant moms and I, and I take care of geriatrics and I take care of sports and I take care of this and I take care of this and I take care of this and I take care of, and I take care of everything. There's an old saying, the jack of all trades, as they say, is the master of none. In other words, you, could, you say I do a little bit of everything, but then you're, you're a specialist nowhere. The key is specialization. What did Jimmy Buffett do? He had a song. The song was about a drink. So he created, he said, okay, what can I do around the drink? I can make more drinks. So he's having a beer called Landshark. I can make the drink. I can make a bar. I can make a restaurant. I can make a hotel. I can make industry about this drink. And I suggest you guys do the same. I suggest that whatever you want to do in your practice, that you decide I want to create a Margaritaville style practice. Not that you are gonna serve like margaritas in your office or whatever, but the whole point is you want to create an atmosphere where that specialization is fun. Because Jimmy Buffett, what he did is his specialization was fun. It was around the Margaritaville brand, but it was all about fun, right? So the kids in my office, we have fun with our kids. We have a great time. They're laughing and giggling and they're drawing and playing and running around and playing with toys and stuff. And that's what we want. 
We want to create that fun brand. And that's his genius and how he took a one song. He, he could have been, he could have been like, um, I don't know if you remember or ever heard of the, there's a, um, a group called the knack when I was a kid and they made this one song called my Sharona. I don't know if you ever heard of it. They are, they are what we call the classic one hit wonder. They, and they said, oh my God, they're bigger than the Beatles, blah, blah, blah. And they made one hit and they never, you know why? Because they didn't brand themselves. They didn't brand themselves. They had one hit, they could never repeat it, and they broke up because it, they, they couldn't figure out how to take their specific, very cool sound and make it into something bigger. I'm suggesting you do the same. Make it into something bigger. <clears throat> First thing. Second thing, I just have to talk to you about a couple of things that happened yesterday because I told my wife and she thought it was quite funny. Um, so yesterday, what we did in the office is we celebrated Jimmy Buffett's life because uh, he's been a major influence in my musical taste for years and years. So uh, we asked the whole team to dress up in uh, like Hawaiian shirts and stuff and we played Jimmy Buffett music all day long and, we had, and I had a couple other things around the office and stuff. And, um, but the funniest thing was the reaction of some of the kids, which was unexpected. I did not know what to expect. I knew the adult, some of the adults were like, oh, you're a Jimmy Buffett fan, or, you know, sorry that, you know, of your, for your loss. And some of them said to me, um, and which I thought was very nice. But it was interesting what the kids were saying. So yesterday I was wearing a red Hawaiian shirt, and underneath it was a Margaritaville <clears throat> t-shirt um, that said, chill Margaritaville underneath it. <clears throat> I generally don't wear that kind of stuff. Usually I'm wearing what I'm wearing, you know, with you guys, I'm wearing like a sweater with a button down shirt like this. So I'm adjusting this one kid in the afternoon yesterday and he looks at me and he says, Dr. Rubin, what's wrong with your shirt? And I'm like, what do you mean what's wrong with my shirt? He said, why isn't it buttoned? Because I had it unbuttoned. This my, you know, it was a button down shirt, unbuttoned. Why isn't it buttoned? I'm like, I'm just trying to be relaxed. Like, like Jimmy Buffett, he's one of my friends and he's, that's how he would wear you know, his shirts, is they'd be unbuttoned. He, he was just like whoosh, over top of his head. And then a, another uh, a kid said to me, Dr. Rubin, why are you wearing red? You never wear red. I'm like, uh, well, it's like, it's like, cause it's got the flowers on it and stuff. So it's, it's a bright, happy shirt. He said, but that's wrong. He said, you, you know, that's, you, you're dressed wrong, right? And this is the kind of stuff I got all day long. It was so adorable. And I didn't expect that, right? But once again, the whole idea was it's fun, right? And, and, and I didn't want to go into like, well, there's this guy and he plays music and he died, right? I wasn't going to talk about all that kind of stuff because I was just, to a six-year-old, they don't need to have that TMI, right? Too much information. So for me, it was just all about having fun and letting the kids look at me in a different way, not knowing why I'm wearing this Hawaiian shirt with unbuttoned with a Margaritaville you know, thing across, you know, my chest and stuff. And that is like the brand. The brand that we'd like to celebrate is the kids have fun and we love kids, right? And that's all, that's what Jimmy Buffett was all about, is about having a fun lifestyle. Now, I don't drink margaritas, I don't eat cheeseburgers, uh, but I do appreciate the whole point of why he did what he did, because he took this concept and he spun it and unlike a lot of other artists, because you think about it, how many other artists are, has, are great singers and great songwriters and whatever, and they never make it the way he did, worth a billion dollars, because they didn't brand themselves. So I really want you to think about how do you want to brand yourself when you guys 
get into practices yourself. <clears throat>